0: Um, good morning, everyone. It's a real um privilege to be here today, particularly as we are celebrating baptisms. And um, as I was um preparing for today, I opened up my Bible and um, found a little note. A few years ago, um, and at a different church, I forgot my Bible, and Fortunately, one of my friends worked in the church and brought it back to me a few days later. But it looked a little bit different. And um, throughout, there's these gorgeous little pink post-it notes. And when I opened up the passage for today, I saw a little note that she left, and it said, Always find time to pray. Um, so if you guys want to open up your Bible or your smartphones, we're going to read um, this passage now. Um, And I think some words will be coming on the screen as well if you want to follow along. So we're looking at Mark chapter 1, verses 35 to 39. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout, the Galilee, throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Now, I don't know about you, but when you hear the words, Always find time to pray. How do you feel? For me, I can start to feel a little bit guilty, if I'm honest. And if I read that passage, and I see the words early in the morning, I feel particularly guilty. And that's because I'm not a morning person. I really, really like to sleep and I struggle to get up every single morning. But today I'm going to have a think about why Jesus even bothers. And it's funny that John mentioned that just now, about why do you kind of keep bothering turning up to church? And similarly, I'm going to think about why does Jesus bother to pray? Why does he do it every day? And what is really interesting is how his disciples, those are Jesus's friends that we see coming along, they're really surprised to see that Jesus has gone off and prayed first thing in the morning. And I always thought, come on, you're friends with Jesus. Surely by this point, you've kind of worked out the God, religion, praying, kind of Jesus's whole thing. That's his whole tagline. Are you really, really surprised that he's praying first thing in the morning? But the context of Jesus' prayer is actually quite radical. We're looking at a very different time where religion and faith is massive in society. The Romans and the Jewish both had extraordinary displays, extraordinary temples and synagogues. And within these came religious figures. Now, if you were a religious figure, it was quite a well-to-do status in town. You were almost a bit of a local celebrity. And you might have set up yourself in the synagogue praying quite dramatically, maybe, if that's a bit of an exaggeration, I'm sorry, but at the front of the house of worship. And Jesus mentions this at other points in his journey. So it's quite different that Jesus chooses to go away from the house where everybody else is, he actively avoids people seeing him praying. He goes when it's dark, when nobody else is up and around. And he does so for privacy. And this reminds me of a quote from a modern-day theologian that somebody who has spent their time thinking about what it is to follow God and he wrote this book on prayer, it's Tim Keller, you may have heard of him. And he says, those who, with a genuinely lived relationship with God as Father, however, will inwardly want to pray, and therefore will pray even though nothing on the outside is pressing them to do so. They pursue it even in times of spiritual dryness, when there is no social or experiential payoff And if you were to remember one thing, maybe, of a summary of this talk, it's about praying in the times when there's no social or experiential payoff. And um, as we've seen today, we've had a beautiful infant baptism. And I myself was um, baptized as a little baby. And I was fortunate enough to be brought up in a Christian home and learn about God as I was going along. And During this time, I prayed because that's what I had been taught to do. But it was more of an obligation. It was a part of my routine. It was the right thing to do. And I hadn't yet kind of identified that personal relationship with God. And then about 10 years ago, when I was in my late teens, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I made my own personal commitment to choose Jesus, to commit to him, to be all in, no matter what the cost. And I think that's also our prayer for these little girls today, that they'll reach that point of knowing Jesus truly for themselves. And at that time, prayer was amazing. And I'm so grateful that it was. I encountered Jesus working so actively in my life. When I prayed, I regularly heard God. It was most of the time. I had words for other people. I felt him comforting me when I was stressed. When I prayed, most of the time, it felt like there was an answer. And then, a bit later on, I went to university, and that was also amazing. And then I left university, and things weren't so good. And in fact, I started to feel very lonely, I was without my friends. I was really bored and I had a broken hand, so I was limited in what I was able to do with very little access to transport. And I was a bit lost. I didn't know where I was going to end up working yet. And I became sad. And in fact, I was so sad that eventually I needed support from a doctor who told me that I was suffering from depression. And prior to this, I'd been on a real spiritual high. I'd been actively involved in my church. I'd helped lead the Christian Union, and in fact, it was my job to pray. And actually, there was nothing wrong with that. It was amazing. I felt God move. And if I'm being honest, there was probably a bit of an experiential payoff to my prayer life. And if I'm being really honest, there was probably a little bit of a social payoff too because it kind of looks good when your prayer life's going well, when you're meant to be leading prayer. It'd be a bit awkward if it wasn't. And then everything got stripped away. There was nobody to see if I was praying. I didn't feel anything when I prayed because I didn't feel joy in the world. And I had to think, why do I continue doing this? And for me, I think the answer comes back to love. I want you to think maybe about a relationship that you have in your life, whether it's a parent, a brother, sister, friend, partner. And hopefully, there are moments in that relationship where you enjoy spending time with them. And there might be some real great moments When you spend time together and you think, that's great, this is why we have this relationship. I'm so grateful for this. There might be moments when you get something out of it. It might be Christmas, presents might be involved, I don't know. But is that why you're in the relationship? What happens on those days when you just have to be and sit with them? Because you don't know the words to say. You continue to spend time with them because you want their presence. And I think it's a little bit like that with God. God loves you so much that he couldn't imagine you not existing. And I think that with these two little girls that we celebrate their lives today and we welcome them into the church. And I just think, the reason we are here is because God couldn't imagine a world without you in it. And we have a lot of talk in this society about what my purpose is in life. And I personally am someone who spends a lot of time thinking about calling and vocation. And I've shaped a lot of what I think my life spent time is around that. And that's great, I've been able to see God at work. But when it comes to the root of it, when I wake up every day in the morning, the reason I am here is to be in relationship with God. After that, nothing else matters. And that's what we see Jesus do. His purpose in life is to be with God. Every other part of his ministry is an overflow from his time spent with God and his relationship with God. Now, I know this is a bit complicated when we look at it with Jesus because he is part of God and he, he has a godly element, but he also shows us an example of what it is like to be human. He shows us an example of what it is like to live a life out following our father. And so before he does anything that he's asked to do by God, he spends time with him because that's his partner in life. And he chooses to surrender all. So we're going to come near to a close soon and in a moment, I'm going to ask the band to come up. But I'm going to just, before we get there, I'm going to ask you to just think for a moment. Where do you meet with God during the week? Now, I'm not going to guilt trip you into thinking it has to be the morning. Maybe it will be in the prayer room. Maybe it's when you spend time with other people praying. For me, one of the times I spend with God is when I'm driving. And I can just be really honest and just have a conversation. And it's natural, like I'm talking to a friend. Or sometimes I'm hiding away in the middle of the work day in the toilet cubicle going, God, I need you, and remind myself, that's why I'm living life, for Jesus. And so I want you maybe just to take a moment You can pull out your phones or a notepad if you want to and just write something down. Have a think about it. If something comes to mind, that's where you spend time with God. And make an active decision. You're going to keep inviting God into your life in this week. And as we respond, I wonder if there's some of you who are wondering how do I go deeper in that relationship? Maybe you feel like you need God to shape your heart posture to seek him, to fall back in love with him all over again. Or maybe you understand that spiritual dryness. Maybe you have that feeling of depression and you can't see the joy in life and you're asking God to reveal how much he loves you. And I'm aware that some of you may be new to church today and you may have never really seen God as somebody who would be a loving father to you. It feels a little bit novel that somebody would want to make you just for the purpose of spending time with you. And if that's you and you'd like someone to pray with you on that, we'd love to help you and introduce you to God.